On this week's GTA 6 o'clock, our theories on the opening hours of the game, a return to Vice City in the 80s, and the theme of GTA 6. It's all here on this week's GTA 6 o'clock. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of GTA 6 o'clock. My name is James and I am joined, as always, by Dan Dawkins. Hello, hello. Hello, Dan. Uh, for everyone listening on, on YouTube, welcome. As we mentioned last week, we are also now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So all the old episodes are on there for you to go and listen to if you'd like to listen to them on the move and will be uploaded at the same time as this very YouTube video. So leave us a like, leave us some star ratings. That would be very much appreciated. Before we get into this week's big topic, Dan, which is the opening hours of the game or our thoughts and theories on what the opening hours of the game could be, we've got a couple of notes to pick up from from last week's episode. If you watched it, it was the big uh, Bermuda Triangle mysteries episode. Lots of speculation in there. One thing I wanted to pick up on quickly was the monkey jungle. Uh, everyone's favorite <laughs> monkey jungle. Uh, somebody uh, in the comments, uh, I think, wrote something saying, oh, it was Mick JDM and said, I beg Rockstar actually to add the monkey net mini game into the game because they were laughing about it for 10 minutes. Please, Rockstar, make it happen. So that's the uh, the apes who have escaped style mini game <laughs> where you get a net and you have to catch them all. However, that might be ridiculous, but I have to say, what if in the monkey jungle, the monkeys did escape and you, you know, it was one breed of monkeys because I also saw someone saying, why would they model 50 different types of monkeys? You can have one breed of monkeys and they all escape and that is the collection challenge. You have to go around and photograph or collect 100 monkeys in the game. You possibly heard it here first. (laughs) Um, so there was that. Uh, lots of people really liked the Bermuda Triangle theories. Uh, even some some people even liked your insane time travel stuff, Dan. Um, but there were quite a few comments well, about the Bermuda Triangle theories, right? Yeah, and a lot of people yeah. saying, uh, wanting to elaborate on it. Yeah, and I, I wanted to pick up, firstly, to say thank you to everyone in the GTA 6 o'clock comment section. Like, I'm consistently amazed by how much people genuinely engage with each show and like you know we always do our best to read the comments and to follow up so that's what i wanted to do so i wanted to shout out to um someone called uh oh reading out usernames <laughs> is always a disaster uh, at censored d's nuts i'm sure that's the name he uses with his his mother uh and and he was talking about um as we all know there was a famous leak not just of the trailer but of gameplay uh, now, now there are stories that were spun off from that and possibly side rumours where they were talking about quite directly some of the undersea stuff we referenced last week where I think James you put forward about there being the uh, steps to Atlantis uh, mm-hmm. what they call the road yeah, yeah. yeah the road to Atlantis and all these things now there is a reference uh, within the leaks apparently to an underwater research facility uh, which led to many to get very excited about the existence of uh, what do you call them? Underwater submarines? Is that what? What's the correct name? Submarines. For them? Submarines. Submarines. <laughs> uh, a number underwater of submarines. And, uh... you know, and it adds legitimacy to this idea of exploring the undersea. And there was also reference to a whale graveyard, which I thought was quite exciting, and underwater ruins. Now, you know, could those ruins be James's fabled lost city of Atlantis? Probably not. But like, it feels like the undersea part. Come on, you know, we got excited about it last week. A lot of commenters getting really excited about it too. Uh, I wanted to shout out to a guy called at Hessian One who said, I'm a former US Navy diver. So first of all, shout out for having such an interesting career there. But he talked about himself really being excited to see Devil's Den, which is the prehistoric spring you could explore and dive mm-hmm. into. And he also talked about the, uh, is it called the Bimimi Road to Atlantis? He also thought that was a great location. So yeah, shout out to you and let's see. But it definitely feels like the undersea stuff has got some legs sea legs i yeah. don't know i mean there is there is almost zero chance that they are not doing some underwater stuff we saw it in gta 5 only going to expand on it in in gta 6 you would think uh, and most of florida is surrounded by an ocean so why wouldn't you let people go swimming in it of course there's going to be underwater things to explore and find and probably collectibles and that kind of thing so 
I would be astounded if there was no diving under the water in GTA 6. Yeah, and if you're wondering what we're talking about, check out last week's episode, episode 9, where we talk about conspiracy theories and like what might be side missions and strangers and freaks. Uh, before we move on, I just quickly wanted to shout out to uh, one of the commenters, uh, at Exoterrestrial, and he answered a question I had last week where I was saying I didn't fully understand why the 5M, who were the role-playing community that Rockstar recently acquired, why they've been a bit grumpy about the terms of service changes. Now, what he essentially said was, one of the big issues in the 5M community about Rockstar's purchase is it's required some of the bigger servers to remove all the licensed vehicles and apps mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. But he said, um, the thing that's annoying people is Rockstar granted amnesty to some of the bigger servers, but purged the others. So not all servers are created equal, which, which I can understand making people twisty. Uh, we also had a few people reach out in that community and said we'd lo- they'd love to come on the show. So I've said, please DM us. So do DM us on X on our at GTA via clock account and we can look at setting something up in the future. Great stuff. One more thing before we move on. A couple of people got in touch about this. Nate Kerr one being one of them uh, said that they learned that stalactites have to hang on tight uh, not to fall when you asked me about static tights and static mics <laughs> and static tights hanging on tight is a much better explanation than the one that I got in school um, also Matt Sturgeon said static mites might reach up from you know from the ground and that's how you would remember I that. feel like I'll never get this wrong again test me again at the end of the episode uh, so there you go uh, let's, let's clear that stuff up uh, one small extra piece of news then before we move on obviously this is going out on Wednesday at six o'clock as we are broadcasting it to you now. But tomorrow on Thursday is Take Two's quarterly financials call, uh, which I believe are public and you can dial in to listen to them. They are a publicly listed company and are obliged to share their financials. Like this might not be the end of your report, but again, they, they cannot say anything duplicitous in terms of their trading statements. So if they think there is a significant risk to GTA 6's release slipping at some stage they are obliged to mention it so it would have to be now right well may, yeah maybe and they may have I, I know obviously all companies report like an annual statement they usually do trading updates quarterly as standard practice I don't know Rockstar's cadence this is the take two quarterly yeah so they, they've got a few more quarters they could report you know if it is going to slip but basically all eyes on this document we'll talk about it in more length next week unfortunately it's not quite going to hit the show that this is the truth of anything follow the money there's what rockstar say and do in public what people say on forums this is as close as we get to an accurate picture because this fundamentally is the finance of the company they're a publicly listed stock company they cannot tell lies so like anything truthful will be flushed out through these releases and it will be like uh well, they will try and disguise it as much as possible if there is something going on. But what we've seen in these previous reports that they are expecting, a, I think it's something like a $2 billion increase by the end yeah. of their 2025 year. So if that number in this report has changed, or I guess significantly gone down, you could read into that that the release date of GTA 5, 6 has slipped. 100%. They, they probably wouldn't go as far as to say, GTA 6 is slipping out of its release no. window, but they would say a revenue chunk corresponding to what you'd expect the release of GTA 6 to make is at risk. And then it's, it's just do the maths. You know you know what it's saying. It's just code for it's, it's slipping, yo. And to put you on the spot, to, uh, on Thursday, tomorrow, do you believe that is going to happen? Or do you would you think that they would, even if that is happening, wait until maybe the next quarter, which will be halfway through 2024? Yeah, I don't. I would be surprised were they to announce now that it's slipping already. I feel like it's, you know, they might, if you were, you'd be there in the company going, we've got technically a year to when it releases anyway, is it still in the balance? You'd have to be super, super, super sure it was slipping to commit to saying that in a public financial statement. So I, I wouldn't expect anything tomorrow. Let's see. You know, yeah. we, we could be surprised, but I, I wouldn't expect it. I mean, for something that's a year out, you know, thinking in from my point of view, if I was working on it, 
be like, we've got a year. We'll probably hit oh, it. Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's obviously a bit different from a game like GTA. Cramming your homework the night before. I don't think that's Rockstar going, we've got a night, we'll do an all-nighter, get a couple of cans of Red Bull, we'll get this game done and charged. No, but yeah, you're right. Like Something crazy would have had to happen for them to say, there's no way we're hitting. I mean, they've only said 2025 as as well oh like, yeah and the, the last the trailer's two to three months old like what what significantly could have changed in that time to make them suddenly go and now we've got a, yeah. in so many words an to slip I just think it's too soon to commit to that either way it's worth keeping it that statement itself will be boring but within it will be lots of juicy stuff and I'm sure it will be endlessly reported by the gaming media but we'll also have a little look at it and report back um, next week's show and also keep an eye on our Twitter account if there's any bombs there yeah uh, updates on GTA VO Clock on Twitter or X, and then we'll dive in to the details in, in next week's episode. Right then, on to the chunk of this week's episode, and we are looking at the GTA 6 opening hours, or what we think those things could be. We've got a few theories that we can discuss about how the game might open, what you might be doing in the first few hours of the game, but to do that, we should base it on something and I think the best things we've got are to look at the previous games how they opened what kinds of things that you did so shall we start all the way back with GTA 4 yeah I think GTA 4 is a really good one before we get I'm going to say I'll just toot the old the personal horn here toot, toot. Uh, we did on GTA 5 o'clock back in the day accurately predict the pre the sort of the the bank heisty prequel intro for mm -hmm. GTA Five and like to the point where when I met with Rockstar employees uh, a year later one of the guys laughed and he went because when we heard that episode we thought you bugged our office <laughs> um, it was again a bit of educated guesswork and I think the the signs were pointing together I've got to stress before you again I have nothing like that level of confidence for this but I think James has got a really good theory that I, I you know I don't know if I'm willing to put my lock of the week on it but I think it's an excellent theory so please keep listening <laughs> the lock of the week the new uh, badge from Dan lock of the week that's a Simpsons reference for anyone who can't remember lock of the week look it up <laughs> right well um, okay well let's look at some of the the previous games then let's go back to GTA 4 um, now, you can probably see some of this on screen. Thank you, producer Nathan. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see some of these things. GTA 4 opens with piece of music, Rockstar logos, then the GTA 4 logo. That is the first thing that you see. And it's a black screen opening that is nothing. And then you just hear a voice which says, we might need to beat this out, Nathan. Daddy's back, you bitch says that twice uh it's a man uh who's having some times with a lady um and the, but the first actual shot that you see is nico banging on a door and he's shouting at his buddy dave to say hey come on wrap that up things progress a little bit and then we get credits over some gameplays this is like nico arriving on the boat as you see all of the exec producer credits the story writers mm. and all of that kind of stuff now, looking back at this, there is a lot of driving about in the first bit of GTA 4. Like, it's very car heavy. You drive from point A to point B, you pick up some missions, you drive again from point A to point yeah. B and back again. It's It familiarizes the player with the city, basically, in the yeah. sense that you get a little tour of it in a certain section. We do hear within the first five minutes, like Roman says to you, why the bridges are closed because of terrorist attacks. It's a pretty throwaway line, actually. That's not really explained in that bit. It's just like, oh, by the way, the bridges are shut because of, I don't know, terrorists. And then that's it. And you just go, oh, OK, guess the bridges are shut. <laughs> uh, so then there's, there's a lot of, like I say, a lot of driving. What does happen in within the first hour is you are guided into situations where you go shopping for new clothes. Uh, you can choose within the... After the first two missions, you then choose whether you can continue to free roam around. You get a couple of mission markers or you can do side missions. Like That happens reasonably early on. But if you just finish the main... Keep going on the main mission storyline, there are car chases. You get to see some of the sites of the city, like the funfair, or they call it the carnival. You visit the pay and spray. You eventually get a pistol. That takes 
a reasonable amount of time in GTA 4 before mm. you get an actual yep. gun. Eventually, you go to a laundry mat. It's a foot chase. You hotwire a car. You hate take the car to the car wash. So it, it ticks the boxes of you introduce to your safe house. You go shopping for clothes. You learn how to use the garages, the safe, the car washes. You learn how to fix your car up. Around the one hour mark, there's the mission Ivan the Not So Terrible, which you would argue is probably the first set piece mission yeah. in GTA 4. This is the one where you're chasing Ivan in a car, then he gets out and you run across rooftops and you have to jump, follow him. And at the very end of that mission, spoilers, uh, you get to choose his fate. So like he's hanging off uh, like a ledge and you can either rescue him or throw him to his death uh, <laughs> for a set piece mission it's not hugely impressive I yeah. mean looking back at it now you'd go yeah it's not that but you know it's it's setting up all of the things um, that you would get in GTA 4 so get all those things you meet a couple of other significant characters and then there's a set piece pretty much at the end of the first hour a reasonable first hour opening I would say for, for GTA 4 it does all the things you need it to. Yeah, and you've I think you've always got to think about the intro in its proper context where when GTA 4 launched, we'd been to Liberty City before, but we'd never been to Liberty City on a generation of consoles that gave us power like we'd never seen before. Like visually, GTA 4 was a really big leap up from the, the previous generation, right? I guess we're like I'm 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 even it's been so long. We were going from what PS2 era to PS3, um, and it was a big difference in yeah. terms of visuals. And I think part, so part of the role of the intro is to give you what you came for. It's like you know, almost like you go into the cinema and you bought a ticket, and that is drop me into the city, make me see the smoke, taste the smells, you know, immerse me in what this new world of Liberty City is. And it does that straight away. And it does it by putting you in the car and giving you a taste. You drive around. And it's also, it's scene setting. You know, what what is GTA 4? It's um, a quite a gritty immigrant trail with a degree of moral choice. And you get all of that straight away. You, you know who Nico is. You know his familial connections. You get to make that moral choice you talked about. Um, and then the third layer of all intros is they've got a function on a tutorial level yeah. where what you have to design your intro on the assumption that somebody has never heard of Grand Theft Auto nor played one before because otherwise you, you're creating a closed shop so you have to have a game that is really really straightforward so you know get in the car it's a learn to drive of course you can like I, I think and everyone knows how to drive in the game right I've given my children who are now you know, of different ages. I remember showing them things in games that to me felt absolutely obvious. You know, if you give someone a first person shooter who has never played one before, tell me what is intuitive about that. Nothing. You know, we, me and you know that like left stick is movement, right stick is camera, et cetera, et cetera. And there's certain unwritten rules. None of those things are established. So you need to set that up in the player's mind. So, you know, driving is that, shooting is that. These are all basics. And then within the tutorial, you also need to go, yeah, 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 we know you've been here before, but there's some of you who wants a little bit of something new. So we're going to sprinkle on, you know, for example, Nico's buying clothes now. Look at the, look at the clothes and customization options. You've not had this before and not like this. You've got to give people something new. So that's a, a very long way of saying like each intro f arrived at a very unique point in history with a very specific content, piece of context and mission it had to relay so i think four did that really really good and there's another episode in what's the best gta intros and you know that sort of thing but yeah good description yeah there's definitely a lot of those things happening as and you'll see and i'm sure some of you listening can remember that as you go through these games the first hour understandably is essentially a tutorial like as you say it's either reintroducing you back into the gta world or it's showing you for the first time how it works uh, now, I think as we move on to GTA 5, I would say that becomes a little more blurred, I think, because there was probably more of an assumption if you're playing 5 that you you know, you've been in the world of GTA at some point before. However, this opens, and there was a theme uh, forming here, uh, with a black screen with text on it mm. that just says uh, Lundorf North Yankton nine years ago. 
which as we know is you know the setting for the prequel scene uh, before we get to the main city of, of GTA 5 the first actual shot you see that's got people in it is the interior in the small bank with an unknown man holding a shotgun Unma- unknown at this point although we all, all know that it's Michael yeah um, and you get the first voice line of the game almost immediately here so this intro is a lot lot more action heavy than Force. Force is very like quite slow it's got a slow build but the intro to five throws you straight into that bank heist you've immediately already got a gun you're going around shooting people uh it's very action heavy within the first minute you're like using your phone uh to make the vault explode with within two minutes you're doing the character switching mechanic so there's there's a lot of new things introduced in five very very quickly which i think does lean into the what the assumption that you understand a bit about how this game is going to work yeah i I agree and i think what was interesting with five's intro is they they'd in the trailers talked a lot about the characters they talked about the heist they talked about particularly i think it's it's michael is sort of the heart of the story and you could extrapolate this further to go michael is a cipher possibly for dan hauser and sam hauser where he's He's a guy who's essentially completed life. He's rich enough to not have to do anything anymore. And it's a story about the day after tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, where you know he's, he's, his life is now yoga, he's a bit dissatisfied, he's lost his reason for being, he's, he's not really getting on with his kids. It's a midlife crisis, right? GTA V is a midlife crisis. And that makes sense because the original GTA, right back to the 2D games, was like 1997. For the houses and the people who created it, this was 16 years on. So for them, it was almost like uh, the creator musing out loud, I'm in the middle of a crisis, you can all join me on it. And a lot of the user base would have been 16 years older, you know, so it made sense to do that. So I think the really interesting way to look at that was to go, okay, well, before he became slightly paunchy, upset yoga dad, where was he doing the business? So they take you right back to the critical moment. I think that was a really nice way to set up the central drive and theme of GTA. And it was yeah, an acknowledgement that we, we GTA was part of the culture. We all knew it. It felt mature. It felt middle-aged. It felt all these things. It was an attempt to shake up the formula. And that's why it gives you straight away you know, the multiple characters. And I think it was an interesting way to give you a glimpse of that. Here's how you got here, but we're actually going to start at the bottom with a guy trying to recapture meaning in life. Yeah, and then within the first, like the first 10 minutes is the whole... You do that heist, you escape in North Yankton, Michael Fake's getting shot, Trevor runs away. Uh, and then it cuts to the Rockstar North, you know, presents, which is, and then a, a, in 10 minutes you cut to the, the logo. Before we get to Los Santos, Michael's in therapy. Uh, there's some great lines in that when he talks about his son who's just sitting on his ass playing games all day. Yeah. Uh, and he also says, by the time I was his age, I'd been in prison twice. I robbed banks. Like it's immediately contextualizing what Michael's life used to be compared to what it is yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, but like super quick, you know, that's within 10 minutes of the game. You basically get an understanding of what's going on. Then we get the classic credits rolling over gameplay that we get at the beginning of four and uh, shots of the city, uh, vibrant shots, activities, beaches, that kind of thing. Michael and Franklin have that s- slight conversation before Franklin goes off in the, the supercars with Lamar. Then it's a, basically a couple more missions with Franklin. Like, you don't see Michael again then. It's, it's Franklin-based missions for a couple of missions before you get to the option of free-roaming again, which is around about the same timestamp as it was in 4. It's about 20 to 30 minutes into the game. Is okay, you've done the first two missions, done a bit of the tutorial. We think you're set up now to do what you want. Either go off and explore on your own, or here are some mission markers that you can go and choose. Five does give you that choice in a more obvious way, like with the big. You can either go off and do some side missions, or you can continue doing missions with Franklin or missions for Michael. Yeah. You follow the main story path, and you're doing a lot more stuff. Well, if you choose the right ones, you're doing a lot more Franklin missions. Like the first 
probably hour of that game if you just chose those missions. Very much like Franklin's story or Franklin and Michael's story because they're basically together yeah, quite yeah. a lot within that first hour or so. But it does it does the same things as four. It shows you the house, your safe house, shows you saving. I think the clever thing that it does do is it shows off the advancements like you were talking about from three to four. Mm. And this is like four to five in like animations and subtle details. So when Franklin and Lamar first get into those supercars, like you can put the hood down on the on the oh, car yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah, what? Yeah. This yeah, is an cool. amazing piece C- of silly, technology. cool thing, yeah. So they they tease a little bit of the you know, the cool things, the things that they've developed, the things that you'll be doing for the rest of the game. You meet significant characters again, like you meet Lamar. But there are much bigger set piece missions, I think in five at the very beginning. Uh, so you get the bit, if you choose that path, where Franklin goes to Michael's house to steal the SUV that Jimmy isn't paying for. And then Michael is in the back and you have to then drive to the car dealership. You drive the car through the front of the store. You have a fist fight. You also have to chase Michael's boat down the freeway that Jimmy's trying to sell and then it gets stolen. That's an incredible set piece, but also introduces you to the city because... You're driving along the highways, you're seeing all of the sites of Los Santos, as well as doing quite a big set piece mission. There's quite a lot of things going on in those first few missions in five. But at the same time, it makes you go and change your clothes for the life invader mission that you do later on as Michael. It makes you go to Los Santos Customs to get the car fixed up. And you don't actually, and this was something I had to check you don't actually meet Trevor, who we knew was in the mm, game and coming, mm. until after the first heist you do in the Bug Stars uniform. That is a, you know, a separate crew. Trevor's like two and a half to three hours into the game is when you first see Trevor, uh, and that's when he's obviously killing Johnny and then travels into the city. And then you do quite a bit with Trevor, but it takes a long time which I think is interesting in the context of six, knowing that we have two characters to potentially introduce separately or together. In five, one of the main characters took you maybe three hours before you'd even meet him. Yeah, Trevor's interesting because he's he's like an he's an agent of chaos, isn't he? Yes. And and when he's he's first introduced, that that section is breathtakingly sweary. I remember being like genuinely. Like actually aghast at how needlessly sweary it was, but I think what they're doing is they can, they can set up a mechanic. They go, "Is the guy who's having a midlife crisis? Here's someone who's kind of on his way up. He's got a different mentality than Franklin. He's looking to make it for the first time." And they're they're like the, they're the original odd couple. And then into that, you throw this nitroglycerin grenade of Trevor, uh, and that, that that was then in saying what we've done here is we've given you each different playable character is a different type of gameplay. You know, you've got tr- trad sort of uh, Tommy Vassetti star character in Michael, who's got a bit older and paunchier. You've got someone who's a bit more like CJ and Franklin. And then you've got whatever the hell Trevor is. Trevor really being, a, he's like a human rampage mission. Um, and it makes it okay for him to do that. Because if Michael goes on a bloodlusting rampage, it feels like reality's been slightly destroyed. Mm. I know you can do that, but for Trevor to do something nuts feels very Trevor. There was definitely more footage and things that people were doing that were the insane things doing it as trevor because yeah. that's how it had been set up like yeah like you say of course you can go around the streets as michael and you know get rocket launchers out and things but you sort of expect it to be with trevor which i think is interesting and we'll probably get onto this for six but i am not sure about either Jason or Lucia doing that kind of thing and I think there's a way that they can get around that for six but let's talk about that in a minute yeah that's good do you want to you want to hit up you're talking quickly we can look at Red Dead that's their most recent release it's obviously a different type of game but there's probably things in it that are interesting to note yeah definitely a different type of game um and as we know and probably as we talked about when we did the the Red Dead show is this opening actually I think, you know, has always been commented on as being like really slow. But yeah. actually, if you look at it, it's not actually that 
slow. The difference is, is that it's a lot more linear than other, you know, than the GTA 4 or GTA 5. It doesn't let you do sort of the open worldy stuff as quickly as those games do. So it feels a lot more restrictive, but actually it's it's on a similar level. So yeah, as you say, first shot of this is a black screen uh, with text on um, that's talking about the age of outlaws and gunslingers being at an end in 1899, uh, America becoming a land of laws and even the West has mostly been tamed. So it's setting up the cowboy setting then you get Rockstar Games logo, Red Dead Redemption 2 logo. The first shot is of mountains. It's cold. It's dark. It's snowing. You get a shot of the mountain path, and this is when the credits are going. So this is a little bit more like there's no talking in this. So it's just credits over gameplay until about 1.40, two minutes in is when you get your first voice line. Two minutes in, then you see Arthur Morgan. You see Dutch. Then you get the marker that is chapter one, which was a, a new thing for Rockstar to do, like chapterizing events that are going to happen in the game rather than just letting them all play out. But this is a much more like a, a big family of people that you've got to meet, and they do that quite quickly. So you meet the whole gang, the whole supporting cast within the first five minutes. Then you're riding horses. As you say, the challenge they had with Red Dead is that you, there's no cars, right? And you can't then go, this is how you ride a bike, this is how you fly mm. a plane, this is how you drive the car. Because all there is is horses, or walking. Like, that's all you're <laughs> doing in this game. <laughs> or, you know, being on a horse that then is pulling a cart. But essentially, it's it's riding yeah, a horse. Yeah. So they do that a bit. They also, like we've mentioned before, it's quite a visual showcase, this intro, this first hour of Red Dead there's a lot of snowstorms happening, the lighting that they're really showing off, the lighting, the snow deformation, you know, like footsteps in the snow and it getting all dragged around. That is especially prevalent. Like you see that quite a lot in the early missions. And then you do what you expect. There's gunfights. You search the house. You pick up things. It's essentially the tutorial mission. They show off their fire tech quite a lot and their lighting tech. You burn a house down. It catches on fire. You're like, wow. Rockstar of doing fire now yeah. and it looks amazing. I would expect there to be a lot of that kind of thing in the GTA 6 first hour, like showing off the technical achievements and the improvements in sort of, I mean, burning a house down isn't a subtle way, but it's that kind of thing of going, like, a thing has happened and you're like, that looked amazing. Yeah. And it's just extra tech that has been advanced. Yeah, I felt, I felt Red Dead... It's sim similar to GTA 4 in a way, as in the main, the main question you've got as someone coming to the game is, how is it going to look? Because the main character of Red Dead really is is the world. Mm. It's it's the scale, the beauty of the vistas, the you know the change of the seasons, all those ethereal effects. That's what the intro gives you. It gives you this sort of slow, sweeping crawl, and it, you know that's what you want, right? That's what you're gonna drink it all in. Where with GTA 4, it was more like give me the intensity and noise of the city and in like a, a power shot version of that this is more like zoomed out moody ethereal uh which is, is interesting as you start to think towards what's the question gta 6 needs to answer and i guess we'll get on to that yeah so this as i said the first heist which is the train robbery that you do uh with your gang happens in a you know, about an hour 45 into the game, which is a similar level of when you did the first heist in GTA 5. But you do not get to the open world in Red Dead until about two hours in. Whereas in your GTA games, 4 and 5, you're in the open world within 20 minutes, which I think is why there was always that feeling that Red Dead started slower than their yeah, other games. Yeah. And it's a slower game, though. It's a, it's yeah. a slower pace of game. But it like in terms of you know a big set piece moment like the train robbery, it's actually on a pretty similar level. Like yeah. there was always a big event within the first hour and a half, let's say, uh, and that happened. So they did manage to take that off. It's just that you weren't given the opportunity to go free roaming before that point. Uh, so the, I think there's some parallels to be drawn there between all of those three games, uh, and it is that th th they all open with a black screen. 
without anything and then immediately cut to some stuff. They all show you significant characters. They all make you change clothes. In, the, in GTA's case, they take you to like a chop shop or, or Los Santos Customs. And they all have quite a significant moment within the first hour, as well as teaching you the new mechanics and showing off some new things. So if we then refocus that to what we think Vice City is going to look like in GTA 6, do you want me to jump in with the first theory or have you got... No, I, I, I think your theory's good and I can riff off it with some thoughts. I think it's, 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 it's just get into it. A couple of theories that I think might happen. I am going for that it will open on a black screen. Surprise, surprise. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and it will just say Vice City in, you know, GTA thin text. And then there'll be a beat. And then it will say 1986. And it will cut to someone saying, hey, guys, we've got to make this final. We've got to leave no doubt that this is my operation. And that is one of the final lines from GTA Vice City. It's the last mission that you do. Now, I have a, I would like to see that the opening of six takes you back to 1986, that final mission of GTA Vice City when you're playing as Tommy Vasey. It's a slightly tweaked version of that final mission. But actually, if you look at it, it plays out like a pretty good tutorial mission. It gives you a weapon. It would introduce cover mechanics. It may introduce character switching. There's a scene on it when you go up to the roof to fight Lance and you mm. shoot him, there's a helicopter on that roof that you don't actually take in Vice City, but you could in GTA 6, and it could be a way of you flying across and showing you just how amazing that the city looks. I think you would, if you did that tutorial mission, it would then cut about 10 minutes in, because that's about how long that uh, scene or that mission is. Then it cuts to say, you know, Vice City present day. And maybe you get a news report in the background as the camera is panning back from, let's say, Lucia, that's like uh, saying something like infamous gangster Tommy Vercetti's funeral was held today in downtown. So you're like, oh, they played that. They closed that character off. He's dead. Now here are these new people. Bang. That's my opening suggestion in the Rockstar boardroom for GTA 6, please. Thank you. And so are you saying that Tommy Vercetti would have been, how old do you think when he died then? He's like, well, however many years on it's been since 1986, I guess, right? Yeah, which is like 40. Oh, he's, he's old. Yeah, he's old. yeah. He's old and dead then. Yeah, yeah, but he's very rich. So, you know, he's living the life of luxury for those last last few years. Those last 40 years. Wow, that's a good retirement. Even Michael couldn't manage that retirement. Well, I mean, like, I there is another world where he's he's died a long time ago but i i think they would want to reference it like you wouldn't yeah. want to if you yeah. were gonna open it like this to do you play as him for like an opening 10 minutes yeah. which would be amazing like it takes you back yeah. to everyone's memories of vice city but it's new gen it's on ps5 and xbox and you're like wow this is what it would have looked like this is how i remember it looking like it's not guys it's not how you remember it looking like it looked <laughs> like yeah. a ps3 game but it would give you a lot of that nostalgia and allow them to set the city up in a way of like, hey, you all remember this? And then it can change into the modern day without it feeling too much of a, you know, a big jump. But I think, I mean, he, I don't think he's going to be alive in six. No, it would be. It, I think it would be complicated for many reasons. Where I think you're absolutely bang on is... Returning to the 1980s feels like the number one piece of fan service you could give people. Like Vice City is quintessentially 1980s and everyone would be craving to know what that game looks like in a modern graphics engine. So this is the perfect vehicle to give people a taste of how it could look. And then, you, like you say, you, you know, you get to learn a bit of gameplay, it's straight into the action. There's loads of tick, tick, tick things for it. And then it, it zips you away from it. I guess I, I wonder whether, it's not obvious as such, but like it's similar, I suppose, to five, as in it's going back in time. 
not quite the same leap. So whether they want to do that twice, I don't know. But it's also kind of perfect. Um, and I, I would I would say at some stage in GTA 6, like, will you go back to a 1980s version of the city? Like, I feel like almost 100% about it. I feel like Rockstar would be wild not to give people that little bit of fan. This is why I came here. I wanted the 80s. An iconic moment. That's what Rockstar are in the business of. And I, I remember there was an interview with, it might have been in the 2010s, where they interviewed, was it Dan or Sam Hauser? And he'd said, when asked about if you thought about where GTA might go, and this is, I think, maybe even pre-5, he'd said, we could go back to Vice City, but it's really hard to think about Vice City and separating it from the 80s. Because it is, because they're so bound. So mm. this would be a lovely way to nod to that line of thinking and to give people what they want. Um, you know, beyond that, obviously, we're speculating. I also love the idea of somehow rooting Tommy Vassetti and his significance in a more meaningful way to this world. And I, I've seen people speculate and say, is Tommy Vassetti, for example, related to Lucia? Uh, that's, there's no, nothing to say that's true. It would just be a really interesting thing. The reason I think it's more interesting again, what's GTA 6 all about? Like, we don't sort of know, but we do know there's two characters. We've got a few lines of dialogue. The key line to dialogue is for me, and we said this in the trailer analysis, is that trust, trust line, where there's clearly, I think that's saying, you know, there's no trust. They, it, trust is the central question of GTA 6. Can these characters trust each other to, to perform whatever it is they've got to do together? We were talking off air about, you know, oh, how will the gameplay be? Is there going to be some co-op? That's a trust mechanic. So, like, trust mechanics feel like a central question GTA 6 might explore. And I think if you're asking a question existentially of the world right now, trust is at an all-time low. We live in a sort of deglobalized, increasingly nation-state populist world. Nobody trusts social media, the rise, of, the rise of AI. There's a lack of trust. So I think a game that's one of its central messages explicitly or not was about trust and, and two versions of the same events... That would be fascinating. And I think adding that family layer to it, there's another layer of speculation about Lucia. Is she doing it because she's got a kid or she's pregnant? Adding that layer of like family motivation. You know, and I'm getting, I'm really off piste again here, but I think that that level of like, it's about history and, you know, family bonds and what holds people together would make it really fascinating. I, li yeah, I like the idea of, of, I like the idea of her being related to Tommy in some way and and maybe that bit has been misinterpreted somewhere in the leaks when the, yeah. you know, they're saying that there is a question of children there is you know in this instance like she is Tommy Vassetti's child and maybe that's how it's got twisted and she you know she but maybe she doesn't know who he is because he you know was big in the 80s went round had a had a lot of fun times with a lot of people. Yeah, she might have yeah. ended up in foster care. An another theme of like you know she can't trust anyone. She's been passed around loads yeah. of different families. Yeah. That's how she's ended up through you know on a life of crime. If that is the life that she is leading, like could have been her first uh, thing that she's got caught for, and that's why she's in prison in the in the trailer. But that feels like it might work. It might be a little bit too obvious to make her like Tommy Vassetti's daughter but it would bring with it a quite a lot of history and expectation I guess if if and you know the reputation that Tommy Vassetti had at the end of Vice City would be passed on to her and there might be a few other you know people around that area going you've got to watch out for Lucia because you know she's Vassetti's kid maybe it could it could be a fun storytelling technique there's ways to do it, as you said. There's a way to do it. You don't want it starting where we're going to pop around Grandpa Tommy's house and do a mission together. It's like, it would just be total cheese. You wouldn't do that. You could do a world where later in the game, deep into the game, it's revealed there's a familial connection, which might feel, if they've downplayed it entirely, it just pops up 50 hours in. You'd be like, what? Like, that might be really cool. I yeah. feel like in a weird way, it's it's facing a similar question or problem that maybe the Star Wars movies did, the latest sequels, where when they set up the Rey character, 
everyone was obsessed with her lineage mm-hmm. and and how you know how really she's she's something to do with Luke, isn't she? How is she a Jedi? You know, is she really uh, how you know Han Solo's child? It, that was the thing. The Star Wars movies kind of flumped that and went mad. But th- that central question is interesting, and there could be something about who her family are. And I, I think that's a really interesting point you make about if she didn't know Tommy Vassetti was a dad and had never met him, that theme of her having very inherently poor trust relationships because she's never had that father figure, that would make for a fascinating and believable central dynamic. There's lots of things uh, that, that we could talk about. I think um, one thing that I want to jump in on is the thing that I mentioned uh while we were talking about the intros um, Mm. and about how they can get away from like Jason and Lucia doing all of the rampagey stuff. Now, another theory here that I had was that I'm not sure we talked about this on the, on the show before is that there will be a a third, possibly even a a fourth character. uh, If you get to choose character, change characters, which we're assuming that you do, like why would they get rid of the character switching stuff? It makes, I I think that's going to be in there in some form. Uh, But if one of those slots is like a third character, which is your GTA online character, but that character exists in Vice City. So you can play it single player. And that is the character that they use for you to go aw- around and do all of the side missions, like you know, find strangers or freaks, go on a rampage, away from the main story. Because I think that GTA Six is so grounded now in reality, it seems that having those main characters do things that aren't written for them in the story makes it feel like a little bit unbelievable. Like if you're suddenly like, oh, do you want to go over here? and rob this convenience store, but you've got to be really stealthy about it because, you know, and then on the other side is like, go buy a rocket launcher and blow up a load of boats. It feels like there's a disconnect there. But if you allowed for a character to exist in that world that you could mold uh, and buy your own clothes for, buy your own cars, have your own house, Mm. and then there's an immediately, there's a button where you're like, and now you're online, you get to develop your your character your online character offline as well as online so you can earn money you can do things and if you want you can jump into the online world but i think that would be a good way to allow you to do all of the more insane things that happen without deviating away from the the two main character storylines what do you feel about that i i like i like it what i what i think is interesting in you raise is that GTA Online can no longer feel like a separate destination, like a holiday away from the main single-player story. I don't, I don't know how they're going to do it, but I feel like having... You know, the thing with GTA has always been, GTA Online, you play you, you're a very unique character, and then in the game, you're role-playing as someone else, essentially, right? So I don't see how they're going to bridge that gap, because I, I still think you'll be playing as Lucia or Jason, but I wonder what the role of like that the you in this world is and I don't uh, off the bat have a solution for that but I just feel like it would be weird for them to make it separate again and I think it would be fascinating were you like you know you playing as Lucia could see you James Jarvis in GTA Online like I don't know what fun you could have with that dynamic or is that so hideously complicated that you didn't ever go there it is but it's you know at the same time we're talking about GTA 6 that could be you know do something in GTA Online as your online character, and then you're playing in single player offline, but some of that online stuff is feeding in via news channels or via something, and it's like, oh, did you see this guy robbed this gas station the other day? And it's like a picture of you. That, thinking about it, isn't in, in too much to develop because they'd have to do that on for every instance of every online character. Like, it would be impossible. But there could be... GTA Online world events type thing that could then be reported into GTA 6 via a patch, you know, like 100 people took to the streets and had a motorbike race. That kind of thing could happen. And then as you were playing 6, just roaming around as Jason or Lucia, you'd get little 
tidbits of that kind of information feeding into the game somehow, whether it's via radio station, sound bites, news reports, that kind of thing, or or even just on, you know, Life Invader, if, if we think that's still going to exist in six, probably is, or any of the social channels, like that kind of stuff could happen. Yeah, like as you were saying it, what, what I liked, but this doesn't work for the, what we know of the story. What would be a really fun, creative way of doing it is for if there is a child in this story, and we've talked also about the passage of time. Imagine you played the game for two or three hours as Jason and Lucia. There's a child at the centre of it. There's possibly their child. Then there's like like Rockstar have got form for doing big time jump, and then like you play the child, but twenty years on, and that's your GTA Online character. So that you were you know you were then you played as your parents or parent. And then you become the new protagonist who's like a blank slate, but with a played history. That doesn't work because of what we know it looks like, unless GTA is literally set in the future. Yeah. Um, Lucia and Jason, if they've got a kid, unless the kid's already really old, it doesn't make sense, right? But creatively, that's fun. And there's probably a way to have set that up. But I don't think that works with what we know of GTA. But it was a clever device to make GTA Online feel integral to the story. Yeah. I mean, it also makes GTA Online set in like. 2050 yeah do you know what i mean that would be some curveball and and like nonsense it would be like back to the future 2 type stuff yeah but i i think i mean we should uh wrap this episode up but i think the game taking place over a number of years is a pretty big possibility uh and that would allow for the things that they teased in in red dead 2 in terms of like towns being developed over time things slightly changing i think not as in like a you it wouldn't cut to say two years later i think it would just the timeline of the game would exist over that period of time because we've got to remember if what we think is going to happen happens at some point lucia is in jail yeah i think she might end up in jail more than once jason depending on whether he's you know which side of the law he's on also might end up in jail or even if he's on the right side of the law would end up in jail for you know to keep the charade going and like oh no I'm I'm a criminal if that happens they need a way to advance time quickly while you're in prison because you don't want to play two hours of the game just wandering around prison sleeping <laughs> I think what could happen is yeah. if one of them is in jail that locks that character out for a bit while you play as the other character doing main missions and if you know those main missions could be anything and they could be generating bail money to get your partner out of jail but those things could take you know months and i think you would see the city change over time i feel like we are going back to vice city in the 80s but i think the core game will is also going to take place over years yeah so look, we've we've put a lot of i think interesting thought patterns out there please do let us know in the comments where you think the story could head and also like thematically like we've talked about, where do you think this is going? Like, and I, I think, look, 1980s return, I'd almost take that off. I just I just think they will do it. I think it's such a huge thing for people that will happen. Uh, and the other stuff is, is more speculative, but I definitely think there's something in family trust. Uh, but, but I don't know where yet. I don't think I've got enough evidence to paint that picture. No. We will uh, keep speculating. We will keep bouncing our theories around. As Dan says, please put yours in the comments below. Shoot us questions in the comments or on GTA Video Clock. We will read them all. We'll do an episode soon about all of your questions, comments and theories. Uh, so look out for that. But until then, we will see you here next Wednesday at 6 o'clock for another GTA 6 o'clock. <laughs>